Sean Sheehan answers everything on SevereMMA.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Sean Sheehan Answers Everything, following episode 222 of the Severe MMA podcast. If you don't know me by now, you should probably, I don't know how you're doing listening to this podcast. <laughs> how did this happen? But anyway, welcome. Thank you very much. This podcast actually is up for free for everyone. So usually this is a Patreon-only podcast, and it's up uh, every Tuesday morning. It's out at like 6 a.m., so whenever you wake up on a Tuesday morning, this podcast will be there. So if you're one of those people, there's probably most people listening to this now are probably non-Patreon people. So if you want this podcast and like three or four more uh, per week, it costs like one euro 15 cent or something like that per week to get all these podcasts, a five a month, price of a pint a month. Uh, so please sign up, you'll be supporting uh, me and Graham, and you're supporting Irish MMA and the ability to cover it, there really aren't that many people covering it now, so uh, for us to kind of stay in the game, we need that support, and we're very, very appreciative of all the people that are already supporting us, so if you want to support, uh, go to severemma.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you'll get to the Patreon site where you can sign up there, as I said, fire a month, uh, it's not too bad, so sign up. That's the hard sell. No real hard sell. If you want to support us, you like this podcast, you like other podcasts, you think here, I'll throw a fiver at them for a month. I'll see how I like it. You know, if I don't like it, I'll cancel again. Do that. Fiver wouldn't kill you. Go on. Grand. Sound. Good luck. Right. Let me get straight into the questions here. Uh, if you haven't listened before, what I basically do is uh, you send in questions and I answer every one of them. So there's actually questions from all over the place this week. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon everywhere so i have loads of questions so i'll get straight into them first one's here uh christopher graham sent me in a few uh questions on uh, patreon so i'll answer the patreon ones first and i'll get to the rest of them um how is it that ufc 242 is going to take place at local uae time um i think it's taking place at that time because dim buys run shit <laughs> you know what i mean um they've obviously had a stake in the ufc for a long time they've had a close partnership there with the ufc uh, and if they want the event at their time, they can have the event at their time. I don't think money is a question over there. Um, so that's basically the answer to that. Would this happen with a big card like this uh, if it was two years ago before the USP, uh, the ESPN deal? Hmm, maybe not. Now, you know, Anderson Silva got a card over there. For, I, I should have looked up what time that was. But I, I, I presume that was local time as well for them. But I might, I might be wrong on that. But... Um, them boys can do what they want, like, they, they really can, and I think with the ESPN card, uh, the ESPN um, broadcasting the pay-per-views on their online stream, I don't think pay-per-view boys are as much of a concern to the UFC as they used to be, no, they're obviously still a huge concern, but they aren't the complete be-all and end-all, because they are earning money from ESPN, no matter how many pay-per-views they draw, so... Uh, I think that's a reason. I don't think this would have happened a year ago, six months ago, or whatever, before the ESPN deal. So, uh, that's that. Uh, and what would it take for the UFC to do a pay-per-view in Europe at local time? It's an interesting question, I suppose, because I suppose the one you'd be looking at is obviously Conor McGregor and seeing could he do, um, could he do a Crow Park show and have it on obviously at a local time here because uh, you couldn't have a Crow Park show on in the middle of the night just. It wouldn't be feasible at all. Um, so, is that possible? No. Now, <laughs> my two considerations there are it, the, are it. Is it the boys from Abu Dhabi who are paying the money for the UFC just to have it here, making it worth their while, or the UFC just doing a favor because they're you know they've been partners for so long, or is it the ESPN pay per view deal? Uh, and it's you know it's likely a combination of both. But if it was more, you know, the ESPN pay per view deal, I think they could do it. Now, as well, you have to add in the factor that 
the ESV, ESPN pay-per-views are down and now they also have BT Sports pay-per-views. So, you know, would they be able to make up the money with a Conor McGregor fight on BT Sport pay-per-view that they'd lose by having it during the day on uh, ESPN or on pay-per-view in America? Mm, probably not. But I think they'd make a lot. I still think people would buy it, you know, during the day on a Saturday or on a Sunday maybe. Um... Uh, over in America, pay-per-view during the day. I, I always thought last year, I think St. Patrick's Day was the was the day it was on a Saturday. And if they had an Irish lad fighting in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day during the day, people would have bought that up. And I thought that was a great idea, but I don't know, maybe St. Patrick's weekend or something next year might be might be a way to do it. Uh, but I think it's more feasible now than it ever has been, to be honest. But do I think it'll happen? Uh, no, I, I don't think it will. And you know the thing about it is as well, it's not just pay-per-views. It's, you know, McGregor fights in... Las Vegas especially, and like Floyd Mayweather fights, they pay more to have them. Because if the MGM Grand has a Conor McGregor fight, they'll be getting people staying in their hotel, they'll be able to rise hotel prices, they'll be able to charge huge, huge prices for tickets, concessions, all different things are going, the prices are going to be up and up, and they're going to raise money, 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 and they're going to be able to pay the UFC more, or, you know, charge them less for the arena, whatever the arrangement is, just to get that fight there. So that's another consideration to, to put into it as well. Uh, who would you like to see Frankie face in his bantamweight debut? <laughs> um, the fucked up thing about Frankie going down is I want to see him fight Dominic Cruz. But we all know, we all know if he beats Dominic Cruz, he's getting a title shot. So, <laughs> and I don't know, like, I, I, if... if Frankie Edgar wants to get a title shot at Bantamweight. I think he should win at least three or four fights, to be honest. You know, after losing five title fights in a row, um, you you have to win some fights back. But I'm going to still say Dominic Cruz. Yeah, let's let's see that fight. Um, which fighters would you like to see go up and down in weight? Um, John Jones. I'd love to see John Jones go up to heavyweight and fight there. Uh, I'd like to see Yoel Romero actually go up to 205 as well. I know he was talking about it there for a while, so I'd like to see that. Um, do you know, I'd, like, I'd still... I'd still like to see Max Holloway go to 155, but I don't think going straight into a title shot benefited him after the kind of the year he'd had with the kind of the injuries and the weight cutting and stuff like that. I think you need to go up, go into a three-round fight, fight, you know, fight someone good, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a Tony Ferguson or uh, maybe not that good, but maybe an Edson Barboza or something like that in a three-round fight. Have maybe two three-round fights, win the two of them, and then get your title shot. I think if he did it that way, and it's hard to do it that way when he's a champion. Maybe he lost his title or gave up his title or something, was able to do it that way. I'd like to see him go up. Jose Aldo as well. I have to say Jose Aldo. I'd love to see Jose Aldo. 155, I think it makes loads of sense, and I'm surprised he hasn't done it yet. So there's a, yeah, there's a few names for you there. Uh, which fo- uh just read that one. Does Jones have a singular contender for MSG in November? That rhymes. Uh, the only possible option seems to be Blachowicz. Um, yeah, now that Johnny Walker is fighting Beast in 25-8, it looks like it. Um, when is it? November 2nd. So that is, that's only two months away. So Daniel Cormier is fighting this weekend against Stipe Miocic. I'd say it's unlikely that he gets out of that so unscathed that he can fight again in seven, six weeks, is it? Yeah, seven weeks. It's tough. You know, Daniel Cormier seems to be the guy that... that what's Jones waiting for? Like, wouldn't he have fought Beast then? Or wouldn't he have fought um, uh, Johnny Walker next if, if that's the direction he's going? Bla- maybe Blackwich, Maybe it will be Blackwich. Jones seems set to just fight whoever comes next. You know, whoever's whoever's uh, next in line. So, you know, maybe. So, yeah. I can't think of anyone else if it's, if it's not DC or if it's not. Maybe move the heavyweight against someone else. But that would probably be DC as well. 
Uh, so, uh, last one here from Christopher. With only 12 countries to have UFC champions, which country will be next to have their UFC champion? And he's, <laughs> thank- thankfully, he sent me a few options. He said, uh, Weili Zhang, China, Israel Adesanya, New Zealand. Although he's an interim champion, so he should already count, shouldn't he? Uh, Francis Ngannou, Cameroon slash France. Yoel Romero, Cuba. Santiago Ponzinibbio, Argentina. Uh, South Korea, uh, the Korean Zombie. Uh, Alexander Rakic from Austria slash Serbia. Mirsad Bektic, Bosnia. Joanne Collarwood, Scotland. Uh, Mara Romero, Barella, Italy. Uh, Sweden, Gustafsson, Latifi, Landsberg, Mexico. Yair, uh, and a few more as well. Um... So who out of that list? I suppose, you know, Israel Adesanya, if he isn't counted already as an interim champion, him. Um, f- I don't think Yoel will be winning one anytime soon. Ponzinibbio. I fancy Ponzinibbio against Tarn Woodley. I think that was a good matchup for him, the way he fights. Uh, well, not a good matchup for him, you know, but an okay matchup for him. Against Usman, I wouldn't fancy him. Rakic, he's not going to beat Jones. Bektic has gone back a bit now, so... Francis, I think, or Adesanya. If I had to pick out one of them, it'd be... Yeah, it'd be either Francis or Adesanya. It'd have to be in that. I'll, I'll go with Francis. I think he'll win the, the heavyweight title next year. So there you go. Um, right, more from Patreon. Uh, Ian O'Neill. Could you be more critical of Shashinko for not pushing on and finishing Karmouche or vice versa uh, by being critical of Liz for fighting a very defensive fight uh, and more or less blowing her chance at the title? Um, yeah, I don't know. On the podcast as well. And also, let me know what you think of the, the new format in the podcast. Obviously, I most listen to this, although it's free for everyone, but uh, all the Patreon people um, would uh, would be listening to podcasts every week. So let me know what you think of the new uh, format. But in, on the new format, I spoke about the fights. And maybe, you know, I was listening back to it a bit just to kind of see what way the new format's going and stuff. Um, maybe I wasn't critical enough of Valentina Shashinko. I was very critical of Liv Karmouche, and I'm still critical of Liv Karmouche. I think she blew her chance. Um... And not that she was ever going to win, I, I said, you know, I said straight up beforehand that there wasn't a hope she was going to win. And I was right. But she never even gave herself that hope, like, she never gave herself that hope. And I, I feel a bit, and I need to stop feeling a bit shitty about saying things like this, because you have to say the truth as well. Like, if, you know, if someone's doing a, a soccer podcast and uh, fucking, you know, John Terry has a shit game, John Terry, he's retired about 10 years, Virgil van Dijk has a shit game, and he's worst game in years, you're, you're, the soccer pundit, or the soccer podcaster is going to say, look, he was, he wasn't good, you know, he needs to improve, he needs to be, get better next time, his standards are slipping from last year and stuff, and I think because it's, it means so much more to these fighters, and it's, you know, they only do it once or twice a year, and it's, it's tough enough, uh, as it is for us to be coming on here criticizing them, but to be an, an actual sport as well, and to talk about, uh, this part of this sport every week and this part because I think you have to do it I think we're a little bit too soft on fighters sometimes and this Carmouche doesn't deserve anyone to be soft to her this week for the way she fought I just I just think like if okay she went in there and she fought Ronda Rousey and she did well you know she she shot her shot against Ronda Rousey she almost um she almost got her and I think like if you're Liz Carmouche and it's the perfect example here you, you're Liz Carmouche you had two UFC title shots and I'm sure she looked back at the one against Ronda Rousey and she said, fuck it, I did my best. Look, I went out, I almost submitted Ronda Rousey. I fought my I fought my fight. Look, I got submitted. She'll go back and she'll look at the one against Valentina Shevchenko and she'll say, I went five rounds with Shevchenko and I didn't even shoot my shot. I did, when, like, when did I try to land a big shot on her? When did I you know, keep going for takedowns, try to get her down to ground and bound or submit her? When did that And it didn't happen throughout the whole fight. Now, that's easier said than done against Valentina Shevchenko. But there wasn't even the approach to get it done. I, like, 
to me, I, I spoke before the podcast and I thought she'd do a good job of pushing her against the fence and from there, Valentina had land on top because she's good takedown defense and good body locks and stuff like that. But it just never happened. Not in Kenvid. Now, the question was about Valentina and was I harsh enough on her? Maybe, she, you know, maybe she should have been more um, attacking. Maybe she should have been more offensive. But when someone gives you such an easy fight like that, it's basically just an open goal in soccer and then they don't bother trying to score themselves for the rest of the game. You know, why would you not just take that? And I find it hard to be critical of Valentina. Look, I think if she had upped the pace, if she had done more, it would have been still an easy fight for her and she probably would have finished her. Uh, but you, it's hard to blame her as well for just taking the easy win. Uh, Zach Redmond. How about Perry's corner telling him he was two rounds up in an extremely close fight? Yeah, I hate when corners um score fights between rounds because there's going to be there's going to be a bias there because it's your guy right whether the bias is oh fuck you might be winning go out and fucking win or whether it's i oh, you're winning handy go on just you know coast in the last round or whatever and there's also the thing i always say about scoring rounds sitting inside the cage i think it's a terrible place to, <laughs> to score rounds especially like when you're coaching and you're roaring at them and stuff like that okay for judges a little bit different they usually have like an elevated um elevated seat and have a, a tv screen inside them in the big shows and stuff like that uh, but it's still tough for them i think i think the best place to score is actually watching a tv screen now you don't okay they have the tv screen to see the other side of the canvas and they can hear the the sounds of the shots being landed as well which is in a definitely a huge advantage and makes a difference but when you're like sitting there like on your knees roaring at your fighter and scoring the fight at the same time trying to give him tactical information you really you haven't a clue who's winning you know you have not a clue who's winning that fight if, if it's a close round you know if it's okay if he's blown him away and he's four rounds up and you know it like like a chef shink or something you can say look maybe get a takedown on top you know win this round 10-9 we don't need anything else we don't need to finish or anything like that something like that fair enough but in a close fight like that, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, it uh, Bigger Nicholson. It feels like it's been years that a UFC pay-per-view has been stacked like UFC 241. Three great fights. Or maybe it's because it's five in the morning and I've just sat through one of the most boring title fights ever. Yeah, UFC 241 is a is a really, really fantastic card. Like DC versus Stipe Miocic. I'm really, really looking forward to that, uh, that rematch because... You know, and if you're on Patreon here, I will have the rewatch of DC and Stipe on Thursday, and I go into in depth talking tactically about that up the last fight and the upcoming fight. And basically, what I say is, I, I think Stipe has a chance. You know, and and not just a chance. I think he has a real chance because I think the mistakes he made in that first fight are retrievable. I think he can change things. I think. He gave DC a great opportunity by throwing so many strikes. I think if he picks his strikes a little bit better, he has a very, very good chance. Now, DC has to draw a few strikes out of him, move his head well, don't let him land too many, take one or two to get inside to, to get that clinch. And those breaks from the clinch are absolutely huge from DC. That's how he knocked him out the last time. That's how he hurt him a few times the last time. And even when Stipe lands lots of shots... If he lands all those shots and they don't knock DC out or they don't have a huge, huge effect in him and they give DC the chance to clinch in the middle of the cage or against the fence, it's 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 a bad, bad, bad time for Stephen Miocic because DC thrives in that area. He absolutely thrives in it. The clinch and the break are where DC will win this fight. He's he's faster than him. He hits hard. Uh, and Stephen needs to avoid that at all costs. So I think that's the dynamic of it. Uh, Anthony Pettis versus Nathan Diaz. H hard to know what Nate is going to come out here and, and, and fight um three rounds with anthony pettis as well is, is a little bit of a difference he can afford to throw his shots a lot more um will nate back him up against the fence and try to take him down will nate back him up against the fence and anthony will fight out with hooks uh, or with uh with counter sorry 
he doesn't do that that often and when he did it against Wanderby, it was like fuck I've been criticising him for this for the last fucking five years and now the, the fighter I admire more than anyone the, the fighter I'm everyone says oh you're the biggest fan by and all he knocks him out with a counter off the fence um, but maybe that'll give him inspiration to do it again and he'll be able to do it against Nate but the thing about that as well is um, Nate's chin is so good it's, it's uh, you know Wanderby's chin is good as well so anyone gets hit they can get knocked out and we've seen Nate knocked out before you know, Nate hasn't fought in a long time as well. It's there's a, it's a very interesting dynamic in this fight, and I, I talk about that as well. And I talked about it on the podcast this week, and I'm sure we, I think we'll have the betting show as well on Friday. So over on Patreon, patreon.com, that's for my podcast. Sign up. And Yoel, Yoel Romero against Paulo Costa in. Um, you know, Yoel is, the, as I came up with the nickname for him in the podcast, the mousetrap. He waits and waits and waits and waits, and then boom, snap, dead. That's what Yoel Romero is. Uh, Costa is, I think he's, the, the weird thing about Costa is right he, he looks like a guy who fights like Joel Romero but he doesn't really you know he throws a lot more volume than Joel Romero and it's funny maybe because I watch Joel Romero fights and then I watch Paula Costa fights and it's like ah Jesus he's like fucking you know he's like Colby Covington here <laughs> with all the shots he's throwing you know he's fighting at a face like Nate Diaz when maybe he actually isn't but compared to Joel Romero he's fucking Demetrius Johnson you know um and he maybe doesn't look like that sort of fighter, but that's the dynamic here. I think it'll be Acosta has power as well, make no no doubt about that. But he has the volume compared to your Yoel Romero, and Yoel Romero has the the power, power, power. You know, the one shot, big knee explosion. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to those three big fights, 100. percent So that should be fun. Uh, Ian O'Neill, not MMA related, but thoughts on Ruiz versus Joshua too in Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, look at the money grab by by Eddie Hearn. Um, and it's not like a you know even like the UFC going over to uh, Abu Dhabi. It's you know. I'm not the best political person in the world, you know, you can talk about, you know, as Kareem Zaran probably talk about that more, but they have been doing it for a long time, and they had investment from the people over there, and they seem to actually have an interest in the sport, you know, with BJJ and stuff, I believe they had it in schools and things, and, you know, you can talk about the political side of it and stuff, but there's, you know, there's an argument at least for that, I'm not saying if it's good or bad, I don't really know, to be honest, politics are not for me, I I just, and it's not that they're not for me, it's just I don't know anything about them, I don't like speaking about them, so... Uh, the Joshua <laughs> Ruiz thing, you know, and you can't really help get away from this uh, with, with um, Saudi Arabia because of the whole Khashoggi murder and the WWE going there and, the, you know, the John Oliver had a big thing about WWE and slated him for it and they've been slated because all they're doing is getting big money to go there uh, and, you know, acting like this is moving, uh, moving the landscape there and changing things where... Uh, Eddie Hearn, I see him just coming out today on Monday. Uh, this will be up in the morning, obviously. And um, he was basically saying, you know, the, the Vince McMahon line or the Triple H line that, oh, we want to, they have a real uh, want to move this country on. They want to move a sport on in this country. They want boxing um, on, on over here. Uh, let's see how much they want boxing. Ask him to put Katie Taylor on the card. Let, let's see then how much they want, they want boxing over there, because that's not going to happen, I'll tell you that for free, uh, so this is a money grab, 100% a money grab, they're going to pay him loads of money, Eddie Hearn as well is getting the last of his cash cow here, uh, look, if Joshua wins, he'll have the cash cow still there, but if Joshua loses, he'll have made his 50 million, 100 million, 120 million out of him, whatever it is, and he won't need Joshua anymore, that's the bottom and top of it, and let's be honest here, that is it. Crowell uh, Susanna, if Dan uh, announced tomorrow that he was leaving the UFC, who do you think would take over as president? Uh, and it would. Uh, in what ways do you think the UFC would be different if Dana was no longer in charge? 
Um, if you had asked me this question five years ago, I would have said it'll be a huge difference. Um, Dana White runs shit. There can be nothing. Not that there can be nothing done without him, but it'll be a big, big overhaul. I don't think he has as much influence anymore. Kind of how we see it. Obviously, behind the scenes, matchmaking and different things like that. There need to be someone in there, and you know, to run press conferences and you know, give the party line and stuff like that. You know, who could it give? I personally, I'd love to see someone like Brian Stan, but I think he'd be too good at the job <laughs> for them to give it to him. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe someone else, maybe a Forrest Griffin, you know, he's been around working for the UFC for a long time, maybe a Chael Sonnen, someone like that. Uh, or maybe they just give it to Sean Shelby or uh, Mick Maynard, one of them lads that are doing the matchmaking all the time, because I think that's kind of the main side of the job for Dana at the moment, so... Yeah, that's that. Um, Crawl again. What's your favorite trophy in all the sports? Which combat sports belt do you think is the best looking? Combat sport. I like the original UFC one. Well, the the one from like three years ago. I think that was lovely. Um, what's the nicest trophy? The Liam McCarthy Cup in Hurland. That's the nicest trophy. All right, a couple here from uh, Instagram from CJ Graham. Uh, who should be next for Diaz if he gets past Pettis, Connor Masvidal, or Habib? Uh, Connor Masvidal or Habib. Connor is Connor. You know he's injured at the moment. When's he gonna be back? I'm sure Diaz would wait for that. Connor probably wants Habib, uh, and I think he'd probably get Habib if he wants him that badly because they'll learn a lot of money out of it. Uh, so the two of them probably fight each other. So Masvidal, there you go. That's that's an easy one. Um, Don Stigney uh, about the last podcast. Johnny, there's no point in throwing uh, uh, towels in from the corner. It happened like three times in ten years in MMA, uh, and no times has the referee noticed it. They need to find a different way for corner stoppages. That's you know that's a good shout. That is a good shout. Maybe maybe you are right, and you know. But I do think they need to allow corner stoppages. Um, how else would you do it though? It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to, to see. Send me in. Um, send me in suggestions there, and I'll see. But yeah, yeah, that's not a bad suggestion that they need a different way. But what wh- what is the way? I, I don't know. Uh, and last one here from uh, Instagram, El Masivo. So Brock looks fight ready and has lost his title in WWE. How long until he fights in the UFC and who does he fight? It was funny because that was the first thought I had last night as well when he lost. Um, and to think, right, he's probably signed a new contract WWE. I haven't heard about it or anything, but he hasn't. You know, the, the whole talk with the UFC has cooled. And maybe that questionnaire you're on about who's John Jones going to fight next. You know, we haven't really heard much about that. Will it be, could it be Brock Lesnar? I don't know. Um, the thing about Brock is as well, remember the last time when he signed back with the WWE? What happened then? Like, fucking three months later or six months later, he'd fight with the UFC. So, um, <laughs> could it happen again? Could he sign a contract with the UFC again where he goes for six months, fights for the UFC, uh, and then goes back to WWE? Now, like, around now would be the time for him to do that because when we get to early next year, we're getting back to WrestleMania time, and I'm sure he wants to be there for WrestleMania to earn his big paycheck, so it'll either be before that or after that, November's only two months away, would that be, would that be too soon? Maybe, but Brock Lesnar versus John Jones, MSG, you heard it here first, I'm, I'm, I'm purely speculating, <laughs> but uh, there you go, uh, okay, one from Facebook, and then we get to Twitter, Matt Kona, uh, what do you think of Masvidal's ultimatums and demands for a big paycheck for a non-title fight, will UFC give in, or will he be on the shelf as long as Nate Diaz, <clears throat> I think he can make as many demands as he wants. DOC give him what they want to give him, and he can you know put up or sh- put up or shut up at this stage. And that's the unfortunate truth of, of a lot of DOC uh, these times. I think he will give him a big fight because he's a big name now, and he's definitely you know he's definitely elevated himself with the last couple of fights and the the gift sized win against um, Ben Askren. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think he will get a big fight. 
Will he get the money he wants, the fight he wants? No, no. But I, I think he will get more money and he will get a better fight. So there you go. Um, Vinny Cole over on Twitter. Can you, and if you're on Twitter and you're not even signed up to Patreon, your question will be answered here. So you might as well sign up and listen to me answer your question. Uh, can you see Nate versus Tony happening? If so, what's the predicted outcome? Nate versus Tony. God, that's a fight I'd love to see over five rounds. You'd have to think Tony would just beat him down and beat him down and beat him down and end up winning the decision, probably. I feel like that could be like a 49-43 Tony Ferguson or something like that, you know? Uh, with Nate just taking shot after shot after shot and not giving up and Tony just keep going and he's unbelievable cardio as well. And maybe Nate winning like the fifth round or something. Um... But, yeah, I, th- I think Tony would probably win it. But, uh, yeah, Nate a few years ago would have had a, a great chance. But, it's, you know, ask me uh, ask me that question. I might keep that question for next week uh, after the fight. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Jennifer Millsap, uh, friend of the podcast. Which one of you is going to take the bet for uh, a Diaz tattoo? <laughs> Diaz 209 tattoo. Yeah, Graham can take that one. I won't be taking that one. Um, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, legend. How would you see Perry doing in the UFC? And this is Chai Lewis Perry he's talking about. I'm assuming he's been working on wrestling since I heard uh, about DC using him as a training partner for John Jones. Uh, not very well, I don't think. Chai Lewis Perry is a guy who has uh, you know, fallen out of every fucking MMA fight and, and kickboxing fight basically he's had over the last few years, fighting, you know, basically cans the whole way along. Uh, apart from one or two fights, I'd say. So I don't think he'd do very well in the UFC at all. Uh, N, from Switch Kick N. Uh, do you think Mike Perry's messed up nose will bother him for the rest of his career? It sure could. Look at Rory McDonald. It's, it's, I don't know if he's even still fully recovered from him. And if he has, it's it's taken a while. It took him two or three fights or four fights maybe to get back from it. Uh, so yeah, it could. Hopefully he's got good surgery. Hopefully he takes the, the requisite amount of time out. Um, so there you go. Uh, Teep to the Junk great username and should the winner of Gallagher Cal fight Patrick Mix for a shot at Haraguchi yeah sign me up for that yeah I was hoping for Gallagher versus Patrick Mix in uh, Dublin but um, Cal is a good fighter too so that'll be a good fight so yeah yeah sure um, Freel MMA at Europe underscore MMA uh, do you see UFC returning to Ireland within the next few years I sure hope they do yeah they went to Uruguay the other day only nine and a half thousand people Ireland can put that into the arena too give us a fight now we don't really have any Irish fighters there's no Irish fighters available to go there really either apart from the ones coming up you know maybe like an Ian Gary or Reese McKee or someone like that uh, but I don't think they're ready to, to headline yet or get right up to the top so who are they going to bring you know Joseph Duffy's obviously there as well so you know you could get three Irish fighters there on, on the main card Ian Gary's only three fights in or something like that so it'd be a bit early for him as well I suppose but you know it's it's a weird time for Irish MMA as well are they going to come back with the extra cost and stuff I don't think that'll prohibit them too much but you know, when you don't have any SVG fighters to, to put on the card, it's going to be very, very tough. Um, and you you don't have them to put on the card because they're all in Bellator. <laughs> and Conor McGregor's not going to be fighting in Ireland anytime soon, I don't think. Unless it's in Crow Park on a pay-per-view card. Uh, Matt. Uh, was that one of the worst performances from a title challenger ever? Carmouche didn't seem to want to win. Yeah, I can't remember a worse one, to be honest. Now, okay, uh, you could look back and say he wasn't a challenger, but Jose Aldo got knocked out in 13 seconds. And other people, I'm sure, very fast knockouts and stuff. But at least Jose Aldo went out and tried to fucking knock Conor McGregor out and threw a punch and he got knocked out, he got knocked out. Fair enough. Uh, she didn't even do that. Like, <laughs> it was, you can understand someone getting knocked out in 13 seconds. Look, these things happen in MMA. And, uh, you know, as Graham McDonald would say, or Sean Sheen would say. Uh, and uh, it's in- inexcusable to go out and just throw nothing, do nothing for 25 minutes. Uh, it was yeah it was it was the worst it was the worst ever 
Uh, how are you still awake? I don't know how I was still awake after that. Paquette uh, says, should I watch the main event from the weekend? Don't, don't fucking not. Stay well away from it. Uh, do you regret watching the main event? I do. Um, Frogmore, which current champion do you see being the first to fill up their uh, belt of red stones for title defenses? Okay, so how many of them is there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight title defenses. Jesus. John Jones, maybe? Who else is going to get eight title defenses? Okay, let's let's go through them. Amanda Nunes, maybe, with with both. It'll be hard, it'll be tough to get both. And I think she wants to like start a family as well, so maybe not. Uh so I'll I'll root her out. Valentina, if she keeps going 125 pounds, I'd I'd be surprised if she didn't, to be honest. Uh, 150 pounds of uh, 15 pounds, Andrade, no, she won't. Uh 125, 35, Sahuda, no, he won't either. He'll be beaten pretty soon, I think. Um and that's not against Sahuda, I think he's a fantastic fighter. He might be beaten for three fights, but in those two stacked brilliant divisions, he's not gonna keep winning. 145 pounds, Frankie. Um, no, I think Frankie or um, Frankie Jesus, Frankie. Fucking hell, that was a Friday and slip I ever on Max. He'd be beaten soon. Max, I, I fancy Max to be beaten in the next 18 months at 145 pounds. He's not getting any younger, Max. Uh, and it's not that he's old, but he's a lot of a lot of miles in those legs and has been fighting for a long time, a longer time than his age would suggest. So. I think his run is coming to an end pretty soon. He's still a great fighter and hold nothing against Max. It happens to everyone, but it'll be happening for him soon. I, I, that's my prediction on that one. Um, 155, Habib. He could do it. How many has he now? Well, the new belt, he's only none, maybe? One? No, none, because McGregor was a long time ago. Uh, could he do eight? No, he won't do eight. There's no way. Not in 155 pound, too good. Uh, Usman won't, no. Although he'll do a few, I'd say. Um, although Colby could beat him. Uh middleweight neither of them two boys will know um john jones maybe dc i don't think he'll be around long enough so no um what tier of patreon would it, t- <laughs> would it take for you to rewatch that fight fucking five grand five grand uh one of the most bo- that last one was from john this one's from his name is upside down stockton shorts uh one of the worst fights in history of the sport embarrassing yeah it has to be uh, why is everyone saying Arsenal have had a good transfer window? They haven't improved their defence at all. It's probably gotten even worse. David Luiz. Is David Luiz an improvement? I don't know. Kieran Tierney's fantastic, so that's definitely an improvement. But uh, I don't know. Nicholas Pepe is good. Uh, Mr. Podge. Two more here. Um, or, uh, yeah. are, are you surprised Frankie didn't get an immediate title shot uh, after all he's done for the Bantamweight division? <laughs> yeah, I am. He, hold on. He might get one yet. Uh, Henry Zahuda was calling him out, so he might get one. Uh, and last question from STD. How do you feel about Lawler versus Perry? Yeah. <laughs> Poor fuck it. What a fight to give a lad after smashing his nose into pieces. Oh, here you go. Robbie Lawler next. Yeah, that'd be a bit of bad form, wouldn't it, really? Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Let's make that happen. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much to all the people over on Patreon for uh, for signing up and for um, contributing every month. I really, really uh, appreciate it. And I love you all. You're, you're great. You're a great old crowd of people. Let me give a shout out to a few of them people, actually. Uh, ben, Mike Whitaker, uh, Wizard, which is Jeremy Potter, I believe. Andy Dignan, Will Rolton, Brendan Grace. Uh, and who's the other one there? Michael as well. Thank you very much to all of you lads who signed up in the last two or three days. I really, really appreciate it. We might have something special coming, which... It won't be a content per se, but something that people might like in the next couple of days. So hopefully that works out and I can announce that in the next couple of days. Uh, and if you're not signed up on Patreon, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe podcast or go to severemma.com forward slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, five a month, just over a euro uh, a week. You get loads of content. You really enjoy it. Stuff like this. This is what, 31 minutes now. So pretty good every Tuesday morning. Uh, thanks everyone again for listening. See you all next time. Good luck.